This is Andy Perwell for Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm delighted to be joined by Jamie Cox over Zoom. Jamie, first and foremost, how are you doing, mate? I'm all good, I'm all good, Andy, all good, mate. That's good to hear. Now, obviously, we've had a brief chat off camera, but as I'm going to do with you, but I have asked every other person so far, how are you finding life in lockdown? Yes, uh, it's not so bad, you know what I mean? It's just the only thing is I'm missing the gym and missing training. That, 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 that is the only thing. I don't mind any other time. I don't mind being home. What have you been doing to try and keep yourself busy and active? And how has your training been going away from gym life? <clears throat> yeah, I've just been doing the runs and I've been doing like cycle, bike cycling. Uh, been just trying to get the miles in there and just sort of shadow uh, some exercises in the garden. That's all I can really do. I ain't really, I mean, not much else I can really do. But I've been trying to do it every day. So, obviously, as I mentioned to you off uh, camera, Jamie, I want to try and do a bit more of like a career reflection with yourself, yeah. going back to your amateur days. So, We'll get into that and we'll start off with your amateur career. Talk to me about your memories. Obviously, I know you won the, the gold medal at the Commonwealth Games in, in Melbourne. Just talking about everything and that as well. Yeah, yeah. Man, I had a good got a box for England. I was in the, the, the England squad. And uh, yeah, I, I won a few national titles. And uh, uh, yeah, it was good. You know, I was, I was around some great boys. Tony Bellew, David Price, Don Broaders, Frankie Gavin. Uh, you know Stephen Smith, per Neil Perkins, James DeGal. We had a good we we had a good team. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, it was, it, it was great. It was great. And but 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 I had a lot of uh, stoppages and knockouts in my amateur career. And uh, I just I just decided to turn pro because I thought maybe it was suited to the suited to the pro style. But you know that's it, it was good. It was I had a, I had a good time. I, uh, you know, it's good going around the going around the world, getting getting some good experience, boxing some good fighters, and and uh, yeah, you know, it was uh, yeah, it was really really good. But uh, yeah, it's all a good journey. Yeah, what's it like for a young lad being able to travel the world, visit so many different places, so many different cities with your friends? You know, was it hard to stay focused on the task and knowing you was visiting so many beautiful different places? Nah, I, I'm, I was quite, when I was younger, I was very serious, you know, about the boxing. Could have been in the back garden, I didn't care, I didn't look at a, didn't look at the country, I looked at the ring. But, but yeah, it, it was good just, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, different, different environment to be boxing in. And, you know, all, all teachers, you know, when you're young and age, you know, you learn from these experiences and it shapes you as a person. I've spoken to a few people during lockdown and reflected on their amateur days and they've, they've kind of given me a little bit of like a, a mischievous side to what they did used to get up to back then. Do you, do you have any stories you could share with us as well? Uh, oh, well, well, <laughs> well, I can't really say I'm on here. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we, we, we had some fun. But... um. But yeah, it was it was good day. It was good days, and I was I was the youngest in the squad in the senior squad when I was there with the boys. So, so I, I, you know, I looked up to these guys, and they, you know, they, 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 I wanted to achieve, you know, and be like them. They're a bit older than me, so. But it was, um, yeah, they, 
great, great, great set of lads, you know. Look, look at what they got into, you know. Flipping out. I'm watching Tony Bell, you know, in the SAS. <laughs> there, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, James Miguel, what he did. Frankie, I think the only world ever um, yeah. amateur champion. And, and I made some great things. And <clears throat> I most probably one of my best friends in boxing, Don Broadus, you know what I mean? It's, uh, from, from amateur days, you know what I mean? He was one, you know, I, you know, he, um, he come down to my door, he's christening just not so long ago. So, you know, he, he's, you know, he's, he's great. It's great that you build up that, their, their, their relationships and it's great. And it's great to, 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 to see these, you know, even Tyson, you know what I mean? I've got him right here behind me. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> you know, you, you know, what he's done is something remarkable. I actually know uh, Don very well myself, so it's, it's nice to know that you do as well. Um, yeah. Just to touch on, obviously, you mentioned some of the guys that you was with, you know, Don Broadhurst, Frankie Gavin, David Price, all had <laughs> terrific amateur careers. Yeah. When they all turned professional, same with yourself, same with any, anybody who boxes for GB and their amateur days, there's always the expectation, the pressure, the, the next greatest thing that will come through British boxing, it will go on to achieve so much as professionals, travel the world, winning world titles, yeah. you know, that, that pressure's instantly put on you. How, how and why do you feel that maybe those guys and, and yourself that so far haven't quite been able to live up to that expectation? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, outside factors. Uh, God knows. You know, for one day life can change from one day to the next. So, yeah, you know, I don't know what to say. I can't. I can't tell you about anyone else's story. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, but but they, you know, they will. Act, you know, just just you know, just for one, like Tyson, James Degal, they 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 done more. Tony Bell, you. They've done more than expected, you know what I mean? So, Derek Chisora, you know, they, 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 they've done things really great. What was it like for yourself when, when you turned over? Did you feel that pressure? Did you feel like, the, not the world was on your shoulders, but everybody just kind of expected to see you <sighs> move quickly towards titles and... and <clears throat> no, I, I, don't, I don't care what no one else thinks, you know what I mean? I'm my own worst critic anyway. I don't need nothing. Like, I always put the pressure on myself to perform. So, uh, you know, and uh, sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't. What did you make then of, of that transition from amateur to professional? What's your earliest memories of it all? I, I preferred it. The only thing is that you don't fight as much. Yeah. You know, you, you know, I'm, Jesus, I'm having... Some spas that I'm having are like fights, you know. It's like I'm having a fight every day in the gym, but you ain't getting paid. Do you feel that is as well in your case a sense of frustration that because you haven't, you have like I've said, you know, had those periods away from the sport and away from the ring when you do get into sparring, it's kind of like a release for yourself, a chance to just let your hands go and create that <laughs> fight environment that you've missed over periods of your career. No, no, I don't. I just, you know, you, you sparring for me is just you, you're working towards um, your, 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 your rival or whatever, you know, and just do what, just part of the training. You've got your sparring, you've got your things, you've got, your, you've got to do your sit you've got to do your presence, you've got to do your runs, you've got to do strength conditioning, you've got to eat, you've got to sleep, 
you know what I mean? It's just just part of it. But uh, you know, I try when I'm when I'm fully in camp, I try to do everything 100. percent I try to do it the best I can. You obviously started off working with um, Richard Woodall. What was that like in your early days? Yeah, Richard. It was just an easy transition to to work with Richie. Richie was a nice guy, and he was a world champion, obviously himself. <coughs> and um, he was in the England squad, so I just didn't, uh, yeah. asked Richie, "Would would you train me?" It was the easy easy transition to do that. Then I met John Costello, which is uh, John, John. John for me is like a, a, a second father. You know what I mean? He's uh, he brought the best out of me, and um, and then you know I just had a I just had a, a couple of losses, and then I just and I, I moved back home and I had a, had a daughter, so because I was living in Birmingham. And I just thought uh, Newport's not too far. I've I've trained with Tony before, and I just thought it was a good transition, just uh, another, just a different dimension. Obviously, we'll come on to. So, uh, Tony, Tony produced. You know, you got Lee Salby, you got Gary Buckland. He's he's he, he's produced a lot of great fighters himself. We'll obviously come on to you know John and Tony in a minute, but just with with Richie, what was it like to be able to work with somebody who was a world champion at the time? Like you say, it achieved. Great things in the sport, amateur record as well. Oh, it was a great, it was a great introduction to the pro game. And uh, uh, Richie and his dad, they're really good people. Uh, they bless him. And um, yeah, they, you know, Richie's uh, was a tremendous athlete, and he he, he passed that on into to, to, to the fighters that he had in the league. I've read and I've seen. You know, Richie was very. Uh, he he thought highly of you. He you know he, he rated you very highly when yeah. he was working together. He always saw yeah. a bigger picture with you and what you could achieve. Yeah, young lad coming through. What was that like having somebody like him backing you, believing in you to the point where he he, he saw the potential world champion in the future? Yeah, it's it's brilliant, you know. It's, uh, but but it's down to yourself, isn't it, to go and do it? So. <clears throat> But, 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 but yeah, it's great to see when you've got people that know the game and so know the game, yeah, and, and they believe you know they, they must see something because that you know they, they've been in the game longer than us and they've been at the top level. Talks about as well, then your, your time with John Costello. Obviously, I know you had a, you have a brilliant relationship with John still, yeah, yeah. yeah how, how did you, you come about the meeting John? Talk to me about the, the initial conversation. Oh, it was brilliant. Because uh, Richie start, you know, Richie did uh, great introduction, but my style was more suited suit to planting my feet, maybe a little bit, but let some shots go. And I just followed up with John because John John was bringing his son there because he turned pro, which is, you know, flipping out. I was one of my closest friends there, you know, he always will be. Uh, and uh, which is Tommy Tommy Costello, who was a great amateur himself, because John had a great gym. Uh, John had a great amateur gym and produced a lot of national champions. Then obviously his son transitioned into the pro game. And I met there and then uh, flipping out, me and Tommy about the same way, we must have punched a million, million holes into each other. <clears throat> and, uh, and then I just asked John one day, like uh, I spoke to Richard and said, do you mind if I can work with you, you know? And he said, obviously, you know, he don't want to, you know, he, to, to, to Richie and that, you know, he did, yeah, no worries if it's okay with Richie. So, and uh, 
Amir really did the, the, the thing started really, you know, John really boosted me up and made me uh, the fire that I was. And um, yeah, it must have, must have been out for John because uh, with Tommy and me when we used to spar, <laughs> Jesus, we, it was no old spars, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, and then you got his other son, which is Joe Costello, who's really good. And uh, he had a car accident, so he got knocked over by a car and uh, landed on his head. So he had, a, I think, a blood clot on the brain. So that stopped his career. But Joe would have been, I think Joe could have won a world title. What did you feel was the, the biggest or the best thing that John was able to teach you and train you when you was working together? <clears throat> he, gave, uh, he gave me a uh, real great belief. And... Uh, you know, he was very regimented in the gym, and there was—he, we, we knew each other. That was the best thing, you know. You got to know each other as a coach. You know, you don't need too many words to know. You know, I understood him, and he understood me, so we worked well, and we always will. You said, and you're still saying that John, John's like a second father to you. When you yeah. moved to Birmingham, how key was it to have somebody who was like that type of support network for you? Uh, yep, yeah. well, it's I can't even remember really remember too much, really. But, but it, I was up there for so many years, yeah. And uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was it was great, you know. When, when, when someone believes you, it believes in you the way you do, it gives you an extra, yeah, extra boost, make you makes you feel improves your 10% more it's the way John did. Just reflect on um, those couple of losses that you mentioned earlier. Obviously, the first one yeah. was George Groves. That yeah. World Boxing Super Series, it was you know, your first chance to crack that world scene. And I remember yeah. the fight, you was boxing brilliantly. Um, but from my recollection, it just seemed like you was just overly eager to try and put, the, put your foot down a bit to try and force something. Yeah. Is that your memory of it? Yeah, the, the, the game plan was he and... Um... The game plan was uh, with 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 uh, George just to go after six rounds because he, you know, he fades a little bit, and I was just sticking behind the jab, and I was trying to, you know, not to, you know, me, I take a lot of chances and uh, put my <clears throat> put it on the line, and I, I was doing that. And the, my last memory walking to the ring was that he can punch because, you know, I don't really get too wary, and uh, and. And he, the worst thing was he hit me with his best shot in the, one of the first rounds on the chin. And it didn't really do too much. And, uh, you know, with the, with the money and the, the, the life change of money and everything that was on the line, uh, you know, when I seen a glimpse of open, when I just seen a, a little chance that he was cracking, you know, I see, I ain't going after that. And, you know, maybe a bit too eagerness. But looking back, I should, I should have just stuck with a jab and uh, just boxed him a little bit more and then broke him down. But, but uh, you know, George is a you know look, to, to come back from them the, to win a world title after them fights with Carl Froch and that shows some resilience and what a champion he is. And uh, you know, he could, first time I've been down in my life, so that was a great body shot. Obviously, he went on to face Callum Smith in that final. Callum victorious. What did you make of their fight? Yeah, it was, a, it was a great fight. I can't really remember it too much. I know it was a really good fight. But, you know, George is big for the way anyway. Flipping out and how big Callum is. Yeah. It's just, uh, he uses them tools well. 
we, 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 you know, you, we're mentioning weights now with you and I'm, I've asked you before and I'm sure people ask you in the future. People mm. always say, if Jamie Cox can get down to middleweight, he could be a yeah. force there, he could cause some, yeah. some problems. You've always said you feel comfortable at super middle. It's not a struggle. It's not no. necessarily easy, but it's not a struggle for you to make. Yeah. Why, why is it that you're, you're, you're determined to stick to 168 and you don't follow maybe the advice no, of the no, no. others to drop to 160? No, well, we're, we're going to try and get to 160. And uh, that, that is the plan now. And just give it a go and see there. But, you know, I've got a little bit older now. So let's see, because I'll be, I always eat healthy. But um, when you die, I moved up two weights and I was eating good food. And, uh, you know, that was a big, to drop back down again when you've been eating well. And, every, you know, that was a bit of my downfall. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we, you know, I'm strong enough to be a 168, but I'm not big enough. And, uh, yeah, we, we'll see. I'll try, I'll try and get to 160 and get some, some good fights down there. What, what's brought that decision then to move to 160 now? Just, just <clears throat> obviously, I, you know, the, after fighting 168, I've seen, you know, the top level. This, uh, this you know, maybe 160 would be a better place for me. So we'll come on to what can lie ahead for 160 then, but just to stick to kind of your career so far before we do come on to the future. Yeah. Um, obviously, we, we mentioned the, the George Groves defeat. Then you came back, you had a victory, and then you faced John Ryder. You was kind of the favourite going into that fight, if I yeah. remember. What, again, what, what, what went wrong for you on that night? What, what didn't go to plan? Sometimes, sometimes you just don't perform and... Uh... You know, I just didn't perform, and, and credit to John Ryder. You know what I mean? He 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 he, uh, he beat me fair and square. He's a top lad too. When when you suffer two defeats like that, when you're you're trying to achieve your own goals in the sport, how difficult was it for you mentally to deal with it? Of course, I'm, oh, I've got a winning mentality. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't. I don't show. I don't try and run away from the boxing. I don't try and run away and just, you know, I try and uh, I do. I, I, I try. I try and put it on the line, and, and uh, you know, is yeah, of course boxing is my life. You know, you know what I mean. So, so a loss to me is major. Maybe some people I take it serious. The sport. Obviously, no. In, in the current day, you 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 teamed up with uh, Tony Borg. Talk to me about yeah. that, and then you know how did it all come about? What what made you take that decision to move to Tony? Oh, I've trained with Tony before, and uh, I, I get on well with him. And because 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 I moved back home, Newport's not too far, so um, it was an easy move to to go with someone that comfortable, and he's tried and tested. So yeah, what was it? What what were the well? What's the initial sessions been like with Tony? Yeah, he's very he's very big on conditioning. <laughs> Jesus, man, I, I would say <clears throat> everyone in the gym, if they're not the best, they're going to be. You're going to have our nice work because everyone's fit there. You obviously got both the Salvi brothers who train with um, Tony yeah. as well. What's it like seeing them? Obviously, Lee, former world champion, Andrew chasing world titles. Of course, it's good to be around Lee Salvi. You know what I mean? He's for me, he's. <laughs> You, you know, he lost to uh, oh, he lost to. Warrington. Oh, sorry, it was Warrington. 
And uh, for me, Selby's better than that. I, I know, I know he's maybe weight or something, you know what I mean? He had to move up. But uh, to watch them train and gives you great motivation. Obviously, we, we was meant to see you out in May. Well, I say May, we were supposed to see you this month. Um, how good was it for you to not be able to, to get on a show and after two years out? Yeah, because I was just scared. We didn't know this was going to happen, did we? You know what I mean? It good, but but, but got be, you got to stay ready because with this HQ, Match Room HQ coming up and all these things, it doesn't matter, you know? It's just you've got to change the wave and that's it, just stay on point. That's something I was going to ask you. Obviously, there's talks of those behind closed door shows taking place now. British Boxing Board of Control have released some guidelines for potential shows. No more than five fights on a card. Yeah. First and foremost, what are your thoughts on behind closed doors um, shows? Me, I don't really care. I mean, the, the only thing is that it's a boxing ring, but obviously, for me, I the sparring you know you ain't gonna get this so but i'll be ready you know what i mean that's you know you, you you might be a little bit off preparation because you're doing stuff that isn't available the the, the resources and the trainer isn't there as much as you can get do the training sessions online with tony like uh we do like a group chat or whatever and uh but uh yeah it's <clears throat> it's that's the only thing. You might be a bit off. You won't be 100%. No one's going to be 100%. Have you spoken to anybody? Have you spoken to Eddie about those shows? Uh, no, not, not, not as much, no. I've just, you know, I've only just seen it myself. You know, my manager would speak to uh, Matt Room and he knows a little bit more than me. But, uh, yeah, I'm just doing the training and getting ready just in case. How did you see before, obviously, you know, everything came out, you know, coronavirus, lockdown and what have you. How did you see this year going for you? I uh, just seen me, you know, for me, I'm at the, uh, the later end of my career. So just a couple of big, couple of wins and I could get a couple of big fights. And that, 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 that's what I'm interested in, getting some big fights. Do you feel that sense of frustration, you know, that you've just had a couple of years out of the ring and now you was meant to be back in May? And it's kind of been taken away from you for something out of your own hands. You got to, you got to, you got to roll with the punches. No, it's, it's life. You have to. Yeah, it's frustrating, but Jesus, this is life. You obviously, you know, you mentioned those big fights. What do you feel you still have been left in the tank? What do you feel you can still achieve in the sport? Well, we see. I will try to get one sixty, get some big fights, and just. I'm just looking forward to having some good fights and you know performing and see what we can get. And then when I can't perform no more, there we go. One sixty. I'm just trying to think of you know fighters off the top of my head. You got like Liam Williams, another great fighter. Liam Williams. I was about to say, talk to me about that. If if that fight was to come up, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, Jesus, I'm a fighter. Jesus, you don't need to say. It. Of course, yeah, I'd love to fight anyone. Just obviously, I need a couple more fights. Get down to the weight and see, and 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 Liam Williams anyway. He's, you know, he he's at the top of the tree at the minute, so I need to work up. What are your thoughts on Liam as a fighter and his style? He's obviously had a very impressive run of victories since his um, defeats to Liam Smith. He's very, he's looking very, very good, looking very good. He's working with Ingle, and uh, they're a good team up there. You know what I mean? So 
you have to be you have to be on point to to for for, for guys like them. Beyond that, you obviously have the likes of you know Demetrius Andrade, Triple G, Canelo, uh, Jamal Charlo, who hold the world yeah. titles. Is it still the ambition to try to engineer yourself into a position, manoeuvre yourself into a position for a crack at some form of a world title? Of course, of course, always, always. You know that's that was my goal from day one when I started boxing to be a world champion. So if I, you know, that is the the, the, the goal. I've I was in touching distance, and now I need to, you know, see get one sixty and give it a, give it a good good shot. Jamie, before I do let you go to enjoy the rest of your day, I just want to get your thoughts on a few fights that have been spoken about in the boxing world. Uh, starting on. off with Fury Joshua, everybody would love to see yeah. that undisputed title fight. Two Brits going at it. In your opinion, how big of a fight would that be in heavyweight or in boxing history? Jesus, I don't. Have they been? Have they? Have they ever been uh, unified the titles in? UK before heavyweight, I don't know, I'm not sure. So it's got to be the biggest, isn't it? It's got to be the biggest fight in UK heavyweight boxing ever. Who do you think would win? How do you think a fight would play out between the pair of them? Uh, George is a great fighter. They're both great fighters, but Fury for me. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of talk at the minute around Andy Ruiz Jr. and what could lie ahead for him. You mentioned Tony Bellew earlier. At one point, probably probably a few weeks ago now, those talks of Ruiz and Bellew uh, floating about on social media, you know, some rumours knocking about there. What would be your thoughts if Tony was to return to the ring to face Andy Ruiz Jr.? Tony would give him out. <laughs> so, yeah, Tony, Tony, Tony's some man, isn't he? So, uh, yeah, I, I think Tony can outbox him. What's it been like for you to see Tony on, on SAS, as we mentioned earlier, you've been watching him? Oh man, it's brilliant, you know, to to see people like that watch. <laughs> yeah, he's been, he, I don't know if you've been watching that, he's been um, entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, hey, him I, I, thought, I thought maybe he was going to, the man there was going to get a left hand. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you and I'm going to leave that there now so you can enjoy yeah. the rest of your day. Yeah, I appreciate your time. Um, stay safe before I let you go what would you like to say to everyone who tunes in to watch our interview no just everyone that supported me and uh, big up to Eddie Hearn you know he's he's the main man in the the, 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 the boxing world at the minute and, and to, 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 to keep the boxing going and doing these shows at the Matchroom HQ you know he's he, he's pulling pulling out the bag and uh, yeah just uh, to everyone that supported me thank you very much